0: Hello and welcome to the Voices from the Land, Indigenous Peoples Talk Language Revitalization Podcast, produced by the Legacy of Hope Foundation. Tansi, I'm your host, Gordon Spence, from the Tlaxcaya Cree Nation in Northern Manitoba. I'm also the Indigenous Community Facilitator for the Legacy of Hope Foundation. Today I'm joined by my colleague and co-host, Andrew Bomberry, a Mohawk from the Six Nations of the Grand River Territory. Andrew is a curriculum developer, writer, researcher, and teacher. Welcome. As part of the Legacy of Hope Foundation's mandate and mission, we are working to promote Indigenous languages revitalization as a critical step in the healing of generations of survivors and their communities from colonial policies and practices which robbed Indigenous peoples of their first language. The goal of this project is to help support indigenous languages reclamation through interviews with indigenous language teaching experts. The target audience for this work are indigenous language teachers. We hope that by sharing accessible podcasts of interviews with people doing interesting and relevant work on language promotion, we can help facilitate the sharing of knowledge, ideas and practices that are relevant to the teaching and learning of indigenous languages. While there are many contexts that are particular to specific nations and dialects within their regions, we are hoping to provide additional tools and a platform that can help with Indigenous language revitalization, despite the many differences. Our guest today is Colleen Oman. Colleen is a Cree language teacher at Isaac Brock School in Winnipeg, Manitoba. In 2016, the school launched a Cree bilingual program that covers kindergarten to grade four. Colleen teaches in the second grade. In kindergarten, students are completely immersed in the Cree language. At the grade one, this shifts to 50% of the instruction in Cree and 50% of the instruction in English. The language portion of the program is called 13 Moons on the Turtle's Back. There is a strong focus on ancestral teachings throughout the program. There is an elder involved. There is also an in-school lodge and ceremonial smudging room. Children do not need to be fluent speakers of Cree to join, nor do their families. So welcome, Colleen, and thank you for participating in our project. Maybe you could just start telling us a little bit about what you do and the questions will flow from there.
1: Hi, Tansi, my name is Colleen Oman and I am the kindergarten grade one and two Cree teacher at Isaac Brock currently. So it's a multi-age classroom and there is also an Ojibwe kindergarten one, two, three classroom. And the teacher there is Ms. Bernier. And there is also a grade 3, 4 Cree and Ojibwe classrooms. We teach our students the 13 moons on the turtle's back, which is infused with the Manitoba curriculum. They learn the curriculum in the language and also in English, but they are also infused with teachings of the 13 moon and the six seasons that we use in our traditional teachings. Students are immersed in linguistic vocabulary, faces, and conversations. We use the 13 moons and a 28-day moon cycle, visual representation of the turtle. So each month we study, for example, in February, we study the megaso, which is the eagle, and we focus on love, the love of learning. They learn about the animal, the life cycle of the animal, Students have been learning and listening to the uh, traditional songs, like the Eagle songs. They not only learn the language, but they also learn the traditional teaching of what smudging ceremony looks like. The girls, where they wear skirts, ribbon skirts, and they know the teaching of the skirts as early as kindergarten. The boys, they wear ribbon skirts. And in the past, because of COVID, Normally in September, we would be going out onto the land because our teachings are land-based learning where the students are actually going out to Birds Hill Park to pick sage. And during the time when we go as a group with our Cree and Ojibwe bilingual program students, we take families that volunteer. We all know we always have an elder present to ensure that the proper teachings of our traditional sage baking is passed on and taught to our students. And we offer tobacco to our elders and the elders will demonstrate how to put the tobacco down in front of the students. So the students will learn that firsthand and be able to experience how to offer tobacco to Mother Earth. We do that and we also have um, pipe ceremonies presented by our elder, Dr. Myra Lamare. She's been a teacher and an elder through Winpeg School Division. And she's um, helped develop the document that is the 13 months on a turtle's back. So it's been an ongoing process that's been around for a long time. Nature Macra School has their document that they've been working on to in the past. So it's something that is continuously developing through the years as the children going through to higher grades. We also use the six season cycle. So they learn all these teachings and lessons in the language. The best teaching practices that we have from my experience that I have learned is that teaching kids at an early age helps with when we do songs, we do um, nursery rhymes. We've developed um, and created our own Cree alphabet songs. We only use the 14 letters of the alphabet, the Cree alphabet in kindergarten. And later on in grade one, we would introduce the 26 letters of the alphabet that will begin their reading and writing in the English teachings. Families are involved in uh, the ceremonies that we do in our classroom. Every day, the students say uh, an opening prayer, an opening prayer to acknowledge our ancestors about the language that we call upon our ancestors to come and help us learn the language and to write. So daily, they say that school prayer. Also, we do smudging smudging uh, daily we used to host it in our launch room where each of the students and teachers would go at their designated time to do their smudging and they learned the four medicine traditional medicines some um, tobacco sage cedar and um, sweet grass they learn all about the teachings and we've presented the sweet grass, all those traditional medicines are presented to them when we start learning our smudging in September. We follow that 28-day cycle full moons. So we go through the 28-day cycle with the students. And while they're learning all these terms, they're learning to do math. They're learning to do science in the Cree language. And for students as young as kindergarten and grade, one to be able to do additions or take away or to do the assessment piece in the language is phenomenal because not only they're learning new terms, but they are thinking about translating the assessment and providing an answer to what they're being asked. So these children that are in the program are not only learning the Manitoba curriculum, but they're also learning the language, the culture, and all the teachings and songs, and they do the dance. I'm just so proud to be a teacher to these students and being able to to see grandparents or parents seeing their child say something in Cree that they don't know. What I usually have seen in the program is that grandparents can speak the language but the parents of the students are the piece that are missing the language. They're the missing link to the language. But when the children are learning, they in turn are able to take the language and teach their parents, but they learned at school. So it's wonderful to see that and singing um, traditional songs or even nursery rhymes is really heartfelt moment for the parents and grandparents to see their child perform.
2: Yeah. And
1: um, the expectations that they have are so much greater that I've seen. I, I had a parent during her um, presentation at an open house, the parent didn't speak the language but wanted their grandchild in the language program to be able to hear her child sing A simple phrase shows the parents started crying, tear up. So that in itself is a beginning step of revitalization of the language. Our children are the ones that are going to pave the way to show and grow that they will carry on the teachings that they've learned through the language program.
0: You mentioned that uh, you use the 13 moons method. Is that what you're talking about now, or uh, or is it something else?
1: It's a whole curriculum. Okay. So the 13 moons on a Turtle's Back, I can show you, this was developed through uh, Winnipeg School Division. And yeah. it's create, and it, Ojibwe. It's following the territory that we're in, which is Winnipeg. And the teachings would be different up north. So right now, it starts at the middle section here, and it goes all the way around. So in January, that would be gisibbisim. That's the time that we're teaching the students about storytelling and what our ancestors did during that time. In February, it's all about the migisuh, which is the eagle teachings. They learn everything about the eagle and they do projects. We use different methods through technology, reading books, they research various animals of the eagles. In March, that's when the geese return. So they learn all about the migrations and the birds returning. And they learn all about the goose is a leader who helps the family. So we tie into the family teachings, the laws of family. And then we have the different life cycles. And then it moves into frogs, a So they learn all about the frogs and life cycles. In May, they learn about the birds they're building nests so they're we're looking to the sky to see what's going on we look to the trees we look for the changes that are occurring in the um, landscape out in our environment before we would uh, take our students on field trip but because of covid we are limited to presenting landscape learning but they are learning through videos and stuff like that and then in we move on into the birds are hatching the babies are hatching so they learn all those and then you move into June which is berry picking so they learn to have all about the berries sorry it's about not berry picking it's a bird hatching in um, June and then in July it's all about the berries July and on August are taught in end of June and August teachings are taught in September which is wild rice picking so they know all these teachings that our ancestors did before. And then in September, we call that Tagalogipism. So it's a time of change to the leaves. The trees are changing. And then students are taught that when the leaves fall down, that's our Mother Earth taking that blanket of leaves, covering our Earth, Mother Earth to get ready for winter. And then the... The geese are migrating. So we focus on the geese that are migrating. And then um, in November, that's when frost moon. So that's when the students we, we tell stories. Everything's quiet and they learn the traditional teaching of beating. Like this past term, we made chokers for them. We, we had an elder come in and taught about the choker. We integrated math. So it was a wonderful learning experience because they had to make patterns, count how many sections that they needed for a joker. And then in um, December is Ahatanawipisim. That's when everything is frozen solid. So again, we're focusing on um, traditional stories. We use this um, lit book in her classroom as one of the resources. And then from that, during this time, while they're learning that 13 moons, they're learning the syllabics. So that's one of the greatest accomplishments that I've taught in this club, being a Cree language teacher. I myself was introduced to Cree syllabics in grade eight when um, late Byron Abitagin was my teacher. So we had a Cree classroom. I didn't write syllabics as much as I should have. And when this job presented itself in one of the documents going through is a requirement to have syllabics so I was kind of excited to be able to reteach relearn and teach the syllabics with my students I've seen a huge success in the kindergarten if you in we introduce it as early as kindergarten and when they learn that it stays with them They learned uh, the Cree syllabic songs. They do body movements or they use their hands like like YMCA. So they use Mm -hmm. their body parts. And they said, Oh, look, I made this syllabics this past term because it was winter. They're learning syllabics and colors. They took water bottles outside with different colors. So they were actually able to make the syllabic signs on snow using water bottle sprays. So they were using that as a visual for other students to see, which is wonderful because you can use that as an assessment that that student is learning that particular syllabics and they're displaying it, what they've learned. And one of the most... Successes that they had this past term is that their ability to write their names in syllabics. I had a student in kindergarten and he went to daycare. His daycare worker was like, oh, your child has to learn how to write his name. He doesn't know how to write his name. He's only making these markers. And the mother said, what is he doing? Can I see he knows how to write his name? She said, And it turned out that he was writing his name, but in syllabics. (laughs) And the mom had to teach the daycare workers what that is. So he was, in fact, writing his name in syllabics and the daycare workers didn't know. So that's one of the things that the mom said, oh, you know what? This is what they're learning in the Cree language. That's part of our writing system, which we call them asjawi Begana. So they know that those are the spirit markings.
0: In this 13 moves method that you're talking about, is it all in Cree?
1: It's in Cree and in Ojibwe. Yeah. So, for example, in the morning, we teach the language. We teach Cree in our classrooms, in the Ojibwe classrooms, they teach it in Ojibwe, but we teach in the mornings and then in the afternoon, we still teach it, but may, we teach it in the English language.
0: Okay. Uh, how successful has this three moons method been?
1: 13 moons?
0: Yeah, how 13 was, months. sorry, yeah.
1: It's been very successful. I still see uh, the students that I've started off in kindergarten. I was there, the, one of the first teachers that started in the program. There are still 15 students that are in the grade three and four. And the teachers usually move with the students. So they stay with the students as long as they can. Like next year, they're moving into grade five. So there'll be another teacher that will be coming in. But it's very successful. And I find that students are reading in a higher, above grade level. And because of our words are like really long, they're actually reading more and writing in the language. And they're learning the, both short vowels, long vowels at the beginning. In kindergarten, grade one Ojibwe teachers are teaching the double vowel system. So they're using the double vowels in their language program. In our classroom, we, we use um, environmental print signs that we create. Like for the door, there'll be a sign that says, or table that when our classrooms material are developed with our green words and pictures. So students see that daily.
2: Did you say earlier the the program... It was originally created for Ojibwe, and then it's been adapted for Cree? Or no, it
1: was both created for Cree and Ojibwe.
2: Oh, okay, okay.
1: For both Cree and Ojibwe. Yeah, it started in kindergarten, and then it it, it moved to grade one, two, and now we're on grade four. So we're moving into grade five. By this time, the students are writing sentences in the language and speaking in sentences, whereas in grade one, they're, they're using um, simple conversation phrases.
0: How high does it go? Like, did it go to grade five or four?
1: It's at grade four right now. Yeah. and They're going into grade five, and they will continue going as long as we are able to keep the program going.
2: This program sounds incredibly um, concrete, in-depth, and has the students actually able to do a lot. This is not passive learning.
1: We do a lot of hands-on activities for our students. Like, for example, if, they, if they're learning the syllabics, one of the things that we do is that we go out and collect um, twigs. And so we make the syllabics using twigs and the sounds. And we also do the seven teachings where they learn that. When Canada celebrated their 150th birthday three years ago, was it three years ago? I believe. And I went to um, an open house at an old residential school with my dad. My dad is a residential school survivor. And one of the things that during the interview that we went to this open house here in Winnipeg, they asked me, Well, since Canada hasn't done anything positive for the Indigenous people through residential schools, how do you feel about that as a teacher in a language program? And I thought about it for a moment and I wanted to focus on what the students are learning from a positive perspective, successful perspective. So I said, you know what? I will celebrate Canada's 150th birthday, but it will be through the 150 words that the Cree language students and Ojibwe students have learned. There, that's how we're gonna celebrate and honor our residential school survivors. The children sang a turtle song. They did all those. They learned five little butterflies in the cree, and they wore their traditional skirts and shirts. And that's how we celebrated to honor our residential school, is the 150 words that the kindergartens learned that year. And it was a huge success. And we invited parents to come and celebrate so we can honor our grandparents that were affected by residential school. And the kids were proud. There was, it was a proud moment for me as a teacher to honor our residential school survivors. It was wonderful.
2: I imagine
1: Our students are also, they've learned to sing O Canada. O Canada and Cree and Ojibwe. And I was, it was an honor for me to be part of that also, where our students went and sang at the Moose game at the Bell MTS. And the uh, Seven Oaks Ojibwe sang O Canada in their language during a Jets game, and our students sang uh, O Canada in the Cree language. And again, both students wore their traditional skirts, which is phenomenal to be able to go sing at the Bell MTS so, so everybody can hear all of Canada, Man- Winnipeg, Manitoba, to hear.
0: They must have been proud.
1: Yes, they were so proud. And and you know what? To make the language fun for the kids is huge impact on their families because Parents and grandparents attended the Moose game with their children after they sang song. So, And we had our um, a group of our elders through AMIC Foundation. I don't know if you've heard about that, AMIC Cooperations. They sent 10 of their elders that were survivors of the residential schools. But to be able to know that these survivors are sitting in the audience listening to our children singing All Canada. It was a proud moment. And during that time it was the Cree kindergarten one to grade three students that did the performance. But what I wanted to share is that um we have a teacher, a music teacher, non-indigenous, and she learned all the Cree words to sing all Canada. So there's a music teacher in Winnipeg that's non-indigenous, but can sing all Canada in Cree. So she learned. And I think that itself is part of um, reconciliation, teaching others about our language, the love of our language, and to be able to carry or pass that on to others.
2: Yeah, work, with the, work with the students in their language.
1: Yeah. So she was a wonderful, she's a wonderful teacher. She's learned a couple of Cree songs and it's amazing to be able to teach another teacher about our language, our culture, and the interest is there. The other teachers are interested in our classrooms, what we are doing. What are we teaching our students? So we bring those other teachers that are interested, very interested.
2: It sounds like this program from the get-go was designed to have deep community connections to families, to elders, people who have uh, cultural teachings. Could you talk a bit about um, the intention of that community connections and perhaps how that affects the children's engagement with the language?
1: When we um, have our families or community involvement, it allows students to show what they've learned and are willing to display and teach what they're learning to their families, to the community. One of the things that we took part of for the Winnipeg School Division is the community powwow. All families were invited to come and attend, not just our families in the language program, but it was the divisional powwow. So other community members would see what the ISEC broadcast to offer through our students. They're learning to dance, they're learning to follow the protocols of how when you wear your regalia, there's certain protocols that you follow. And for the community to see students, excuse me, in kindergarten, practice those protocols is impressional on them. And to about participate in a community feast or as a ceremony was Wonderful to see with the community involvement and our direct education of directors were also there present during this time. And there was a, an interest that other family members or community members would see the language, the students showing and performing at the powwow and show an interest that they in turn may register their child in a language program or show an interest about the language program that is being taught. Mm-hmm.
2: It seems like your curriculum is very well thought out. It's very detailed. There's lots of very specific things Did it start out this way or did it was this process of developing and developing?
1: It's a process of developing. It started off as kindergarten. So they focused on what students should be learning in kindergarten, for example, in science, it's all about the trees. So they learn the things about the trees, changing the leaves and the colors. So they, they learn all those things. And then from there, we look to the grade one curriculum and then we adapt to what we we have taught with the students, but more in the in-depth learning. And again, like we use all those teachings like the uh, for six seasons uh, in grade six. In grade four, it looks different from what it looks like in kindergarten. So it's meeting their grade, grade level.
0: You talk about syllabics. Syllabics is a writing system Probably a lot of our listeners won't know what that means, what syllabics is. Can you um, explain what syllabics is?
1: So I will explain it the best way I can from what I've learned. Syllabics are the spirit markings that Indigenous people have practiced before contact. So these writings were used as a writing method for traditional teachings and writings later on they had um, roman orthography that matched the syllabic sounds to our writing systems so it was uh the spirit markings and writings that came through um traditional
0: ancestral teachings it would be like sounds right like uh, sounds. yeah like uh, like a triangle would be that one sound and one a
1: sound yeah each um, syllable is connected to a sound like a, e, e, u, a. So if we, or te, ti, tu, ta, each of those sola- sounds will be connected to a syllabics. So when the students begin to write words, for example, tan si, so they'll be able to look at a chart and make that sound, uh, the letter sound connected to the syllabics. So we have um, charts for syllabics and sounds that are displayed in the classroom. So the students are immersed in that as soon as they start in kindergarten.
0: I know that some groups, uh, teachers use uh, Roman orthography
1: mm-hmm.
0: as, a, as a, you know, that's like English writing system, right? English, uh, yeah. Just using the English letters and writing a like a Cree word.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Can't say would be... Just the way it sounds, right? T a n s i. Yeah. So syllabics is a is a very unique unique writing system.
1: It is uh, a very unique spiritual writing, and and when I say spiritual, um, it's just that when we go into the teachings, again, we we do our prayer, we call upon our ancestors to come and help us speak the language, and we use our Roman orthography like the English alphabet system. And then we um, just connect those um, sounds to our syllabics. And through singing, they'll be able to develop the sounds. And by looking at our visuals in the classroom, they learn those syllabics, then connection with the sound system that we have, that was used for our Roman orthography, the English alphabet system.
0: Do you have a recommendation that people can uh, keep in mind when they're going to teach an Aboriginal language?
1: For me, teaching the language is very important during this time. Even if you're a learning beginning teacher, if you know the basics, yes, teach it. And do what you can to bring our language back, talk to the community members, use resources that are out there. And in the past, we've had um, other schools come visit our classroom. But because of COVID, uh, we haven't had any visitors or to come in to see what we've done with our language program. But but in the past, we have had an open house to other teachers to come and see how we um, develop the curriculum and the resources or presenting at a language workshop on how we did our developing this curriculum and how we started the classroom. And we are very supportive and open to teachers that are have an interest in teaching the language. You know, we're sharing our documents, sharing what's the best practices, our best teaching methods and assessments what we use. You know, we're we're open to talk to other school divisions, other you know, other teachers that are interested in our language program. We are open. That's fantastic. Yeah, we want to share. We want to share because you know what? We want others to teach the language because we want to put our language out there as much as we can because it's important to teach the language. Your nieces and nephew. You're not only teaching them the curriculum, but you're also teaching them the basic things in life, and you know how to be. You know, just that connection. It it opens up the family system, and then again, then that's when you bring in the family values. You know, when you're teaching the family unit, it teaches all about that. In the MikOop, the TP teachings, all those teachings developing to values that they've learned and then it becomes a, a connection with the family mm-hmm. so it, it's it's a special special time i guess it's a wonderful experience to learn to be able to be part of us the students are learning all those teachings right
0: i just have one more question it's about your uh, indigenous guide to our relationship with mother earth there's a resource that other people could use um Teachers.
1: Teachers can use at the moment right now because it's a living document, meaning that it's continuously added on. So it's not a full document that's developed, but because it is a, a draft, we add on or make changes as we go through the years. Maybe one day they will share once it becomes a complete document. But right now, because it's a living document, it's a draft and we're continuously adding on. Informations or new lesson plans that we have but we are open for suggestions or discussions about our document that we are working on.
0: Okay, thank you. Uh, Andrew, do you have any more questions for her?
2: So the question I would usually ask at the end has already uh, come up so I would just say thanks for sharing with us about this uh, program. It sounds like it has Many, many benefits uh, for all yeah. involved. And I think a lot of people are going to uh, be yeah. very interested to hear about it. Thanks. And, sharing. you
1: know, we are continuously accepting students throughout the year. We start our kindergarten grade one. Buses are provided free for our students that are not living in the school community. Also, we, um, they get bused daily and then busing is provided for our language program students for free. So if there's any families or parents or in the community members, you know, it's open year-round intake of students.
0: So you're at the Isaac Brock?
1: Isaac Brock School, which is located 1265 Barrett Avenue, Winnipeg, Manitoba.
0: Okay. We're asking all our guests to speak a little bit of their language to make a kind of a closing statement. It doesn't have to be long. Just say a, a few words. Okay. Okay.
1: Nina, uh, Nina, Oman Miss Oman agan na pista wasak kindergarten nisco grade two. Aga nema miscis na wihtematagok nga nges neta wasim esagagi ngeskinom magik nagambun wapamigosis kikastawgen nagamut uh, aga Här gick sang Baby Beluga in
0: Cree. Okay. i var det när hon kände nås som det när mamma åh 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 mig ja, när hon satte Thank you very much for your time and I want to thank you uh, Colleen for participating in our Indigenous Language Podcast project. Your Mm -hmm. contribution is going to make this project successful. Thank you.
1: And it's a community, a group of community members, teachers, principals, directors that help make this program possible and that's who I'm thankful for is making this Document and creating classrooms for our students to learn the language through Winnipeg School Division.
0: Okay, see.
1: <laughs> okay, thank okay. you. bye.